Browns come off a big win Monday night. You know what we got to get to real quick. We got to do the grades. John Costco, Pro Football Focus, is in the building. First segment, we'll drop the offensive grades. The Browns were dominant in the run game. They looked good in the pass game. We'll ask him how Jacoby Brissett looked. Nick Chubb, all your favorites. We'll talk about that coming up the first segment. Second segment, we'll get to the defense. And, and uh, you thought the offense looked good. The defense was lights out. Miles Garrett, uh, you know, Sione Taki Taki, just to name a few. We'll get your best grades, his best grades uh, in segment part uh, two. And then we'll finally, me and Jeff, we'll, uh, we'll kick him out, get him out of here. And then we'll go talk about all of the trades that's been happening today so far. A lot of big blockbuster trades going around in the league. We'll keep you in touch with what's going on in the latest. And we'll do it all coming up next on the Locked on Browns podcast. You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things found LGB on the yellow B, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast. Your team every day, your hosts, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, Mr. Garrett Bush at G Bush 91. You guys know the drill. Uh, first game after the post game show, we're going to sit down with John Costco, get a little deeper under the lens here about player performances. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked on. It was a glorious, glorious Halloween evening at First Energy Stadium. Slow start. Your Browns in the second quarter started to come on with fire. Uh, you get your first touchdown, offsides on the extra point. Coach Stefanski, we know this drill. He's done this route before. One yard for two, he's going to go that route. So not only did he have seven offensive linemen on the field, he put in Drew Forbes to make it eight. Uh, uh, get up to eight, nothing. Um, had their way from there. Everything about this team yesterday, except for maybe the block field goal, everything was pretty positive. And this guy we talked about, this is a team that Browns know extremely well. So, you know, it, it's it's tough to say, oh, man, there's the Bengals. They played in the Super Bowl last year. But, you know, you get to certain things like you were a kid in school. You know what? Maybe I don't have to study for social studies. I can find a way to pass that test. Um, the Browns know these team. They know it extremely well. And you saw it all to come to fruition last night. Uh, John, I just want to start here. Um, Nick Harris was drafted, I guess, two, three years ago. For two years, just watched J.C. Treader do the job. Unfortunately, injured in his first preseason reps this year when it was supposed to be his gig. And you got to wonder if we're ever going to see Nick Harris get a shot because Ethan Posick has come in. And it's like he's been here for years, literally. Yeah, this was a, a dominant performance by him. And it was, uh, I'd say, an outlier so far of the season. Um, a 94 grade, like absolutely just destroying people in the run game with a 92, uh, run blocking game was, was excellent in, in pass protection as well. I uh, really didn't give it up anything there. So for him, this is, you know, a career game. Like he's never played better ever. Um, you know, I, I think you look at last year with Seattle, he started to come on in a run game. So this year, this year for the season, he has an 81.8 run blocking grade, which, you know, throughout the season, you can see some progress that he's been making. Uh, last year, he was a 76 in Seattle, and and his but his career average before then was like an, 
the fifties. Um, so maybe, you know, it took him a little bit longer to kind of figure it out. And obviously now he's with a, uh, uh, you know, one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. And, and this year he's at an 82.6 overall, which is obviously a career high for him with the 72.6 pass protection grade. Um, it does help to have, you know, really good players around you when it comes to offensive line play, but he's, you know, credit to him. He, he's playing really well right now. Um, and especially when, when the Browns need it. Hey, John, I, we, we've been calling this dude. Uh, <laughs> I know his name is Froholt, but we've been calling him Hagen Dodge because we don't even really know <laughs> who he is. His new name has now been named Hagen Dodge. I don't know. He's a random, uh, you know, random uh, ice cream guy. But uh, this dude came out of nowhere, and this dude is playing good. Uh, he comes in, he blocks it up good. Uh, what did he grade out as, and how the heck is these guys getting these dudes to play off the streets as well? Yeah, again, I think it's part of the system that the Browns have where they can they can get these offensive linemen in there, and actually they can play well and probably a, a bit better than their expectations. So, uh, you know, Hello, T. Froho, or I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, it, last night was pass protection. He was perfect in pass protection, 87.3 uh, grade there. Didn't really give up anything. Run blocking is a hit and miss. So, like, he will make – like, you can see it on tape where he makes some really good blocks where it's like, oh, that looks like, you know, uh, uh, Wyatt Teller out there pancaking guys. But then he he whiffs on a, on, a, on a handful as well. So, he was at a 57.9 in run blocking there. Uh, so there was a, there was a mixed bag when it came to the run game for him. And I think that kind of showed, you know, if you look, I know everybody's like, just, you look at the good when it comes to the, to offensive line and the fest, you know, a lot of it is like, Hey, you know, Nick Chubb ran over hundred hundred yards and, um, you know, Jacoby reset, like the pass game was efficient and good. And especially in the second half. So you kind of maybe forget about maybe some issues that you had as a run blocking team. And Nick Chubb only had like 4.4 yards per carry, which is, you know, by NFL standards, that's pretty good. But by his standards, is is not as good. Um, then there were there were a decent amount of, of runs that were kind of stuffed for short gain. So there was, you know, he was kind of at the culprit of a couple of those. But I would say that, like, you know, based on what you got, this guy, you brought this guy in off the streets type deal. He's been, you know, better than John. I want to talk a little bit about Donovan Peoples Jones over his last five, four and a half receptions per 70 yards per this guy has really, really seemed to step up here over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think maybe, you know, summer 2021, maybe we all got a little diluted, I would say, as far as, you know, Oh man, Donovan Peoples Jones, he's tearing up camp. He's tearing up camp. Then we got to the beginning of the season. It was Jarvis. It was Odell, and it felt like this guy that maybe they thought had promise was just one of the pecking order of cool big names. Now he's playing with a guy who just wants to win Amari Cooper. And look, the footwork from Amari Cooper, you know, I, I can't. I, I will continue to, to use Michael Jackson references because it is just that impressive to watch what this guy can do, whether it's in a short area space for the touchdown yesterday, obviously the deep balls the last couple of weeks versus the Ravens and the Bengals last night. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Garrett and I talked about this a bunch going into the week, is what were you going to do? Because this was a team that liked to throw the ball to David Njoku 10, 12 times a game. Obviously didn't have that option. But for Donovan Peoples-Jones, and in fact, the guy was a former sixth-round pick, you know, trending towards a 60 reception, 100, you know, 900-yard year. It's been really, really impressive for number 11. Yeah, um, I think I think he's kind of coming into his own, and they're realizing what he can and can't do. He's not a guy that's going to be like this, you know, elite route runner type. I think he's he's 
you know, you don't, you can't expect that from him, but we can expect is, you know, he's going to be one of the best in the NFL at contested catches. Um, he's really physical at that catch point has good hands and he can be a sure thing when it comes to that. And, um, you know, as long as you can find him, he does get open. And I think it, he's kind of going to go as how Jacoby Brissett kind of goes. And, you know, they target him obviously uh, four times last night, got all four of them for 81 yards, um, you know, against Baltimore six times for six catches and 71 yards. I mean, the only thing that's really kind of holding him back of like, you know, some numbers, you know, perspective is that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, but he's definitely caught a number of, uh, the, you know, important catches for the team. You saw a number of contested catches in that week one game that really kind of helped to you know, sustain some drives. Um, you know, he's, he's caught 61% of his contested catches this year, which is a really good rate. Last year was at 69%. So he's a guy that they can feed in those, in that regard. And I think the percent is starting to trust them a little bit more and more as the season goes along. Like, Hey, I can get this guy and, you know, he might be covered, but you know, he's, he is strong at that catch point. I can get, get him uh, uh, an opportunity to make a play. Speaking of Jacoby Brissett played really well. Um, I mean, this is a guy who, uh, you, you know, didn't, didn't uh, miss many, uh, many passes. Uh, you know, I saw a rating where we talked about it on ultimate Cleveland sports show where this, where he was 17 out of 17, or, or I think it was, but it, it, he was pressured over 50% of the time. And on those throws where he was pressured, he had a, I think it was perfect uh, in, in completing passes while under those those pressures. Um, you know, he ran the ball when he needed to. Uh, you know, was this the best game besides the fumble um, that they thought was an interception, but it was a fumble? Is this the best game you've seen him play this year? Um, so it was the best second half for sure. So he had a 94 grade in the second half, didn't miss a pass in the second half. Um, so, but the problem is he only, he only had to throw six times in, in that second half. And when you get up like big, it's easier to throw when it comes to, you know, what, what they need him to do. There were, he had a, a handful of games early in the season that were really impressive. And if, you know, I think, um, you look at the, just at the Steelers game in general. He had a 92.5 grade in that game. Um, it was just a super efficient performance. Even against the Jets, up until that last interception of the game, like he was playing at an extremely high level in that game, and he had an 83. So, you know, this one it was kind of like a front-running type game where the game was, you know, it was pretty much out of hand, and they did a good job of stepping on the throat of the of the Bengals. So he was efficient and did a good job, and – you know, I, I'm going to give him credit for that. I would say that the Steelers game was probably, you know, start to finish more impressive that he was, yeah, I think on, on point a little bit better. Um, I think the fumble does hurt. And I think if he didn't have the fumble, you know, you, you might make a case that uh, he, he was, this was his best game, but I think the, I think the fumble has to be factored in. This makes sense. We're going to flip it up here with John Costco from PFF. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, get some thoughts here from last night, obviously an encouraging, encouraging, uh, Effort from Joe Woods' defense for the second week in a row. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest locked on Browns prize picks. Uh, imagine last night if you put together a lineup of Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, and maybe a couple other players, what you could have done, the money you could have done or won playing daily fantasy sports. You pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than the prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on the entry. No competing against other people. It's just you against the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, collegiate sports, women's collegiate sports, disc 
golf, hell, even Euro basketball. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You put down $100, they match you $150, they match you $50. Etc. Etc. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Welcome back to the Locked On Browns podcast. G. Bush, uh, Jeff Lloyd in the building, and as always, after following a Browns win or lose, we have uh, John Costco Pro Football Focus on. Make sure you guys definitely go check out on uh, the post game show that will be up. Um, definitely check that out. Make sure you make uh, Locked On Browns podcast your number one listen of the day and continue to support us on Twitter uh, as well as YouTube. Hit that notification bell, like button, all those good things. So you can know when, when we drop our latest content, uh, John, I, you know, we talked about it a little bit um, about the, the uh, offense in the first round, our first uh, segment. Now it's to the defense. I, I thought the defense had a nice variety. Uh, you know, I'm on Joe Woods. I got to give credit where credit is due. I thought Joe Woods had a, a very nice game plan. I like that they did some things up front. I like they brought blitzes. I like the fact that they, you know, stood up Clowney, stood up, uh, you know, Miles Garrett. And uh, I thought uh, in general, Miles Garrett had a really good game, and I think he set the tone um, with <clears throat> being able to get after the quarterback in Joe Burrow per se. I thought Emerson, he did have a pass interference call, which I thought should have been just basically a hold. Um, I didn't think he should have got a minus for a uh, PI, but I thought he played solid. I thought he played uh, physical. And overall, the defense um, defense really showed up and showed out in this game. Holton, they had no points going into, you know, deep into the third quarter. Who were some of the guys who had the best scores uh, starting up front with, you know, kind of uh, Miles Garrett? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Miles Garrett's going to be top set led 92.6 grade um, overall in that one. When you get a couple of sacks, force a fumble. Um, he didn't force a fumble, but he was just, he was just, wreaking havoc that was Taki Taki that forced it and Taki Taki was another guy that that graded out really well at 87.3 um not only did he have the you know the forced um forced fumble on that he you know made some nice plays in coverage uh had a couple of stops um and was just you know really solid all around didn't have to you know didn't have to do it with any breaking up of passes you know you talked about Martin Emerson yeah he had the the PI but he also forced a couple of uh, incompletions in the game that really helped him out there. You know, obviously uh, AJ Green was a beneficiary of a batted pass from Miles Garrett for for an interception, which was nice. But it, it helps when you get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, if you're constantly getting pressure on a quarterback, it helps a lot. And Miles Garrett was and and company were were wreaking havoc on Joe Burrow. So I think um, you know, there's you know there's a good relationship between pass rushing and coverage. If your coverage can hold up, that means a pass rush can get there. And if your if your pass rush can't get there, because your, your coverage will break down. So they last night they had a you know it came all came together. And one of the things that they did really well when the ball was out and in space is that they tackled extremely well. Um, they only missed two tackles all game last night, and that was both of them from Martin Emerson. So that is a huge huge bonus to you know like instead of just going for the strip or something like that or just you know, throwing a shoulder at them. They they actively did a good job making tackles. So 
huge, huge improvement for them on that. I, I want to get to Sione Taki Taki, John. Um, the linebacker room, it's kind of been like a revolving door as far as playing time this season. Um, I think he got to a point last night where I think Deion Jones is just not integrated enough into the defense where there maybe they, they ran some things last night that he wasn't essentially, you know, ready for yet, not comfortable with. So you end up in a situation where you left Sione Taki Taki on the field. And, you know, as a, you know, as a Mike linebacker, that's normally the first linebacker that's going to come off the field. Last night was not the case. And you saw Sione just – and I think the thing that was most impressive was is the discipline with he played with. Because, I mean, we've talked about this all year long with these linebackers and their tackling issues. Sione found the ball, broke down, put guys to the ground. I mean, it sounds really simple as we say it, but we haven't seen a lot of it here through, you know, eight weeks. You know, Taki Taki's been a, a solid player, I'd say, for for the Browns, and um, I think I think it, he kind of flies under the radar in terms of just being a consistent player. And he's the reason I think he probably flies under the radar is because he's not out there in a full time role. Obviously, with injuries to you know JOK, and you know, obviously now you're trying to reintegrate um, uh, you know Deion Jones into the mix and and get him a feel for that. He's going to play a lot of snaps in the game, and then because he's out there a lot more, maybe you can see more of him. He's, he's grading at a 78.5 on the season, which is uh, a top 10 grade for linebackers, off ball linebackers for in the NFL. Um, obviously it's only on 277 snaps. It's not like it's, um, you know, up there with like Demario Davis and Bobby Wagner's and you no know, Levante Davids of the world of, of the 500 plus snaps, but he's still playing when he's out there at, at a high level. So yeah, they, they want, obviously you, when you trade for Deion Jones and they didn't give up much for him at all, you want to get him integrated and, and hopefully he can get up to speed and play at the level that we, we've known him to be able to play at. Um, so far that hasn't, you know, hasn't happened yet. This game was a lot better for him than it was the last game. Part of it is he was only out there for seven run snaps uh, and 32 coverage snaps, which is his forte. Um, though as, you know, for, for Taki Taki, who's, he was out there much more. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, maybe, maybe this is a kind of, Hey, this guy can make plays. Maybe we need him out there more. Cause he's, he is pretty athletic and, you know, nine tackles, uh, two assists and not missing any tackles is a huge, huge win for the Browns there. Yeah. I, th I thought it was huge. I thought Taki Taki came in and gave him that energy. Uh, he's a solid player. I thought he did some good jobs of tackling in open space. And I thought that was infectious. I, I one of the things that I, I worried about was Joe Mixon, um, and, you know, them running the ball, they were able to stop the run. They were able to do some of those things um, to get them in, in, in predictable passing downs. And to their credit, uh, you know, T. Higgins had that big play over, uh, you know, uh, Brady Williams uh, late in the game. But but for the most part, the Browns held them in check. Uh, and I think it was their, their best performance so far uh, this year as a defensive unit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially against it. You know, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because they didn't have Jamar Chase, so that that helps their cause in in a sense. But I, this was a, a complete performance by the defense that we haven't seen all year, and um, I think I think you know maybe this is the launching pad going into the bye week that they can this defense needed to uh, a they can get healthy over the bye and come back from the bye with uh, you know showing what they were able to show last year, which was you know they were they were a top five unit, especially the secondary, and and if you can get you know, Denzel Ward back and, and you know, and obviously JOK back, you know, makes them that much stronger, uh, uh, you know, down the stretch, especially before Deshaun Watson comes back. If they can steal, you know, two of the next three, 
Yeah, you're talking about a, a team that's right on the cusp, and and with, if Deshaun Watson can hit the ground running, though, this defense can help them get there uh, to into the playoffs. Come with us, we appreciate you. We'll check back with you after the bye week. Enjoy your much needed break. Uh, you're everywhere, so we'll we'll take care. <laughs> I, Go do I don't some know if it's a break. We got so <laughs> I don't know if much of it's a break. If, so I'm coaching high school football down here. I don't know if I've told you guys that. And uh, playoffs start this week. If we win this uh, game, it's, it's it's yeah. I don't know how well, I have the time to do that even. So, well, salute, salute to the uh, good luck and, and best wishes during the playoffs. I know it's an exciting time of the year. Um, you know, uh, make sure you do your thing, and I'm I'm sure your boys will be ready to be prepared to play. Yes, coach sir. them up, Johnny. Coach them up. Uh, we'll do. All right, take oh, care, guys. All right, man. We always appreciate John Costco for his time here. Uh, we're gonna get to our third and final segment here on Locked On Browns again on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you got your notifications on. And all importantly, little favor just for me and G Bush, them like buttons, guys. Click away for them. Click away on them for us. We're gonna let you know where we're at so far. About an hour to go at the time of this recording in the NFL trade deadline 2022. We're gonna give you some thoughts on that here. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, taking you through your Latest Locked On Browns. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked on Brown podcast. G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, we are here. Shout out to John Costco one, one more time for joining us, bringing us those grades from a big time victory on Monday Night Football. Browns dominate the Bengals um, and it gets them right back into contention right now. Three and five. You go into the bye week. Uh, you're a little banged up. You should be able to get guys back like a, a Wyatt Teller, uh, David and Joku, uh, uh, Denzel Ward. All those guys should be available to go into uh, in, into into the uh, next uh, after the bye week against the Dolphins, and they should be healthy enough to go for a big time pivotal game, and which is going to try to get you. Remember, we always talk about the magic number. We want to have five, six wins going into it. Uh, by the time Deshaun Watson comes back, we're going to be starting to ramp that that conversation up. What does this thing look like? But before we do that, uh, let's talk about some other teams that are looking to make a splash right now because there's so many different. Uh, teams that are kind of in that three to five, four to four, uh, even maybe even, uh, uh, you, you know, four to four and two area where now it's time that you want to make a significant move trade deadline um, about a little uh, about an hour, hour, two hours left. Uh, we go over some of the big time trades that have happened, some big times names. Uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, tied in for the uh, Detroit Lions. He's been moved. We talk about uh, Bradley Chubb. He's been moved. There's a lot of names that we got, Jeff, which is most one of the most intriguing um, ones that you've seen with a big name move so far uh, with a couple hours before the trade deadline. Well, I think if you're going to look at this, the first thing you're going to look at is you know what ultimately affects the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland Browns' next opponent, Miami Dolphins. You go out and you make a move for Bradley Chubb. Me, personally, would I give up a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb? No, I would not. Um, but it does work for some teams. If you're going to play some th- a lot of 3-4, which Miami does, Bradley Chubb works there. He does. In a 4-3 like the Cleveland Browns play, 
That doesn't necessarily work. But if you saw anything, if you watch Sunday night football and you watch the Browns last night, and guess what, guys? There was a lot of NASCAR, by the way. And if you had listened to the Lockdown Browns pregame show, somebody was going to tell you they were going to go with a lot of NASCAR. But you saw the Buffalo Bills Sunday night. And what did you see, G? Defensive lineman after defensive lineman after defensive lineman. And you want to know what? And G, you'll get this as a defensive lineman. You're at 35 straight reps. You know what? Don't pick on me for those 15. I'm dog tired. I'm getting punched in the ribs, the belly, places I can't <laughs> even talk about in front of my family. I'm tired. I'm gassed. But you want to know what? It's real nice when all you got to do is this. And guess what? All right. Well, I got another guy out there. And I'll send yep. him out. You come get a breather. So this is what teams are trying to do. And look, it's not about it. And look, not a lot of teams are concerned about stopping a run. Don't kid yourself for a second. And you saw the Bills Sunday night. What was the only thing working for the Packers? Aaron Jones. It's about disrupting the quarterback, disrupting the timing. Pittsburgh Steelers, also the Browns. Chase Claypool. And look, that's addition by subtraction for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool, it was a problem with Ben Roethlisberger. You don't want him around. Kenny Pickett. Because you don't need these receivers who as soon as they're not involved, look around and they're whiny and they're chirpy and they're at, look, this kid's trying to learn everything as fast as he possibly can. The last thing he needs is more nonsense going on in his life. Then you come back with, and this was a little strange, you know, Washington, when they William Jackson, he was a little, not the player he had been in his beginning of Cincinnati, um, better player and man than he is his own. It wasn't working that way in Washington. He's going to go to Pittsburgh. I'm not sure what Pittsburgh's thinking at two and six. But this is a player they're essentially going to get you know, for nothing because it's going to be a swap of day three picks. You bring a player like that in. Pittsburgh, you know, offensively, you may have lost a little. Defensively, you may have gotten a little bit better. It still doesn't make much sense to me at two and six. But, hey, you do what you got to do. Um, where we are with the Browns, nothing has been done as of this point. I do think personally that last night changed a lot of things. Uh, you know, the Browns may have been at the point where they said, you know what? Yeah, Kareem Hunt's been 20 total yards the last two weeks. Well, last night, and as we told you, we thought he would be in a factor for the Browns because somebody had to do some of the things that David Njoku does for you, and he wasn't there to do them. And you get over 70 total yards. You got to spell Nick Chubb, and it turned into a victory. Um, and for Kareem, right now, you know what he can get is not going to be that great. Fourth-round pick for the Browns, I don't know if that does it. You know, And also Kareem paying for money. So you want to know what? Do you want to play nine more games with the team where you know what's going on. You know the offense inside and out. Or you want to get traded, go spend 10 days, 14 days, learning a playbook to maybe have a five, six game audition for what is your next contract. It's a really, really difficult spot to be in. You know, I'm sure Kareem would love a bigger piece of the pie, but Kareem's got to do what's best for Kareem. And if it's enhancing his own best value, it's probably staying here is the best thing for him. It's been wild though. I mean, I want to say the last 10 days, this is like MLB and NBA trade deadlines. Gary and I were talking the NFL trade deadline. You almost didn't even know what happened. It was like, oh crap, that was yesterday. Like you didn't know. These things are flying off the cuff. There's still big names out there. We'll see the way it works out here. Uh, you know, the Naheem uh Naheem uh Hines from uh Colts, they say he has played last down there. Um, you're still looking to see if Denver's gonna do anything else, you know, keeping some eyes on some other teams, but major, major activity here at the 2022 NFL trade deadline, Garrett. Oh, yeah. Listen, it, you know, and, and I think this is what's, what's cool down about the NFL is before, you know, guys, you couldn't hear nothing at this time. Guys are now because they've they've extended the uh, the trade deadline so far into the season. Now you have a development where you got guys that are injured. You may have people that aren't playing well. You may have people who are, uh, you know, underwhelming or you may have a team where you think that you, you weren't going to be in contention 
maybe the Jets, maybe the Giants, teams like that, who you didn't think that you were going to be in contention or playing as well as you are. Now, you might want to go out and get a piece or two so that you can actually. See I got one more. You got another one? This is hysterical. The Jacksonville Jaguars just traded for Calvin Ridley, who's suspended for the entire 2022 <laughs> season. <laughs> like, you were in such a state. You know what? I can't let 4 o'clock go by without knowing that I'm going to get to take Calvin Ridley to OTAs in March of 2023. Here's the crazy thing about it. <laughs> you, you can always tell when somebody needs it and they're desperate. Um, they're like, okay, can we get Calvin Ridley? And what, they, what was the giving price? Do we know that? What was the price? Depends on playing time, I guess, but it could be as high. Oh my, I have a hard time just laughing at this. It could be a 2023 fifth or a 2024 second. The guy's not playing. Like, why would you even bother with this now? There's no way his value changes. Like, if this is what you're doing today down in Jacksonville, like, you really, what in the world are you doing? Well, I will, I will say, I'll say devil's advocate. They're looking at it like this. Okay. Um, he's not going to play this year. We, it, and the fact that we can go trade because before you weren't allowed to trade for guys who were on the exempt list or guys who were on, on the IR, they changed that in the last collective bargaining agreement. Jacksonville's like, look, hey, chances are we're not going to get a receiver, um, to come down here unless we overpay them, just like we overpaid our receiver this year in, in the uh, uh, during um, during the uh, free agency. And so they're like, look, if we can get him and it turns out to be a fifth or a second, Calvin Ridley is a talented guy. But here's the thing. He's also one of those guys who you don't know if he's going to play. He was out for mental health issues. And then he he had the gambling thing happen. So who knows if he ever gets on the, on the field, right? So, it, you know, for them, it's a calculated gamble. If it's a fifth round pick, it works out. But I wouldn't trade a second round pick for him if I don't know if he's going to play. Um, and Jeff Wilson from the 49ers is going to the Dolphins for a 2023 fifth round pick. Probably not the running back the Dolphins were hoping for. Something like that tells me that maybe a certain number 27 who resides in Cleveland, Ohio, is going to remain in Cleveland, Ohio. But it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy day. But you know, just to cap things off here, um, if you guys didn't, you know, go back to the pregame show because me and G put out a lot of good content that parlayed into last night's game. Make sure you check out uh, this game show with, you know, Gary, myself, uh, Mikey McNuggets, and of course, Adam the Bull. It was a different type of, it was a different type of post game show because, it you was. know, it's kind of, you know, most of these post game shows have been, you know, kill him, fire him, smack, you know, it was like one of those ones, you know, marry, date, you know, crucify. <laughs> those have been the post game show. That wasn't the case last night. It was a solid, solid effort from this team. And, you know, for anybody who was out, you know, on what they thought this team could be. You know, you're all welcome back, of course, but, you know, this team is good. It's a good team. They just, you know, they've had their struggles. And the problem is, is when you ain't got that star behind center, it's really, really hard to say, oh, man, well, we can make up this 10 points real quick. It's really, really hard to do. And that's been the issue for them at points this year. Uh, we got to a ton of stuff here today with Costco. Uh, nice to talk about the defense here for a second straight week where these guys playing. At a, at a very, very good level. I do think that some of the guys being out last night caused for simplicity. It did, and it, it made things easier. And a guy like Sione Sion Takitaki, and, you know, John said it, he's always been a guy in smaller sample sizes that we've seen play really, really well. And last night, he just got into a groove, and I don't know if it was by plan 
or, you know, they just went with it in the moment. And Joe Woods, you know what? I ain't taking 44 off because, you know what? 44 is getting it done. Martin Emerson, this has been a maturation process that I don't think anybody saw coming, even uh, the the Cleveland. You've got starting cornerbacks. You've got three cornerbacks with the Cleveland Browns. And you've got a defense coordinator who loves defensive backs. This is a really, really good issue to have. You know, I'm not saying it's going to help you topple a team like Buffalo, but it's going to help you play a team like Buffalo. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if, if they can get a win in one week at a time, if they can get a win, they might be all right. They can they can go into some games with a little bit of confidence. And so I, I'm excited to see what new wrinkles and how many people they can get back coming in. And once again, it's week by week. We keep going over this. Week by week, we're creeping a little bit closer to Deshaun Watson taking some snaps. So excited about that. No question about it. No question about it. And, you know, as much as I've loved Jacoby Brissett, what he's done this year, I don't think there's a shot in hell Jacoby Brissett's with this team next year. Somebody's going to look at Jacoby Brissett as a bridge quarterback next year. Jacoby Brissett, can they go make seven, eight, nine oh. million dollars? God oh, bless him. We, we, listen, we about to, listen, here's the thing. We're going to have to talk about that in a couple of days because I think, you know, he's only on a one-year contract. I think the Browns should do whatever it takes to keep him b- b- as a backup, given the fact that, you know, Deshaun Watson hasn't played and in two years. It could be some injuries where, hey, he injures his hamstring, does some stuff. He's showing that he can be a comparable backup and, and when in the right system can win you football games. And, you know, and the other thing is, you know, he is, you know, tougher than a $2 steak. Look, he took a shot to the throat last night, and you saw it. Got up, went about his business, fired a damn dart. Really, really appreciate everything Jacoby Brissett has done for this franchise to this point. Appreciate all okay. of you who make Lockdown Browns your first listen every single day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you're following or subscribe to the show. Uh, at least five-star ratings, written reviews for Jeff Lloyd and Garrett Bush. We appreciate you all so much on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you got your notifications on. And, of course, every episode you jump in there, man, just hit a quick like for me and G. It ain't asking too much. Make sure you check out Garrett on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Monday through Friday, 11 to 1. Saturday mornings, the Barbershop 92.3, the fan. Pre-game, post-game coverage for your Cavaliers, for your Browns, for the Buckeyes. Make sure you are locked in for Garrett Bush to give you all that great content. Make sure you're following at GBush91. Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are always open. All that being said, great, great 24 hours for your Cleveland Browns. Now get to sit on it for the bye week, get healthy, feel better about yourself, be ready to go for which is now a updated San Francisco. I'm sorry, updated Miami Dolphins team, bringing in another pass rusher, bringing in a running back, and we'll see them on the second Sunday in November. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.